uh, Leah Valley with Love Music. Bill, you're so excited to talk to your favorite band. I might have a jazz album, I might have a folk album, I might put out a dance album. I don't know. I remember this one time. I'd been writing some songs and I and I went out this I'm just going right in on this story. I went out and so And listen, it's gonna be everybody's favorite band. This is weird music. I'm a lot of opportunities sprung up pretty fast. The affirmation just kept happening, like you're doing the right thing. Welcome to Lehigh Valley with Love Music. I am your co-host, Philip Reese, and along with Mr. Lehigh Valley with Love, George Wacker, we seek to bring you the very best in music happening in the area and the stories behind them. Hopefully bringing you something you hadn't heard or didn't know, all in an effort to enhance your enjoyment of live music. Each month we connect with artists, musicians, bands, and the like who are either from the area or have played here at a festival like Music Fest or one of the many venues that consistently bring exciting live music to the Lehigh Valley year-round. This episode, we catch you up on the last three interviews from 2021, featuring singer-songwriter Mark Douglas Barardo, alt-rockers Carver Commodore, and hometown headliners The Groove Merchants. As always, the full versions of these interviews are available on YouTube, and as a reminder, we broadcast these live the first Tuesday of every month, so be sure to subscribe and tune in. Affectionately known as MDB, up first, Mark Douglas Berardo. We just saw Mark Douglas Berardo at Godfrey Daniels. You want to talk about that for a second? In fact, MDB. For people who are not familiar with Mark Douglas Berardo, he's an American singer songwriter, clearly from uh, Port Chester, New York, raised in Rye, New York. He's a notable alumni of the Iona Preparatory School, which I think we're going to talk about a little bit. Certainly. And he's been, uh, his performing career began while he was attending Northeastern in Boston. He is a nationally recognized, in songwriting, he's uh, won awards compared to the likes of James Taylor, Jackson Brown, and has shared stages with the Doobie Brothers, Guy Clark, Red Molly, among many others. Uh, we just caught Mark as you saw at Godfrey Daniels, and we're excited to bring him on today to talk a little bit more. So without further ado, what you guys are here for, Mark, welcome. Thank you. Hello. Hi. Welcome, Mark. Hello. Nice to see you, and thanks for having me. Absolutely. So, thank you for joining us. I, I have to, to say, out. that clip you just played, it, it occurred okay. to me, I, I played that song in the wrong key. I just want that on the record. Uh, that, I was a little high <laughs> that's for me. That's a cell phone right there. Yeah, so, so that's knows, it. So that's, everybody that's saw him. us there at uh, Godfrey Daniels, where it's a listening room. And I think it's one of the oldest ones in South Bethlehem. And it's a treasure that the people who know about it really know about it. And those who maybe aren't familiar don't know as much about it. What can you tell us about Godfrey Daniels and why, you know, the Lehigh Valley should be lucky to have it? Yes, that's that's accurate. They should feel very lucky because it's it's one of the most unique rooms in the United States and a dying breed of a room that is a listening room. And when I first started a long time ago, um, in the late 80s, when I first started like wondering, how do you go out and play songs? Like, where do you go? Who are these people? And that was, you know, one of the great it still is, it remains, one of the great rooms to play. If you're a, a, a songwriter or, you know, in that 
worlds of playing acoustic instruments, it, it's a welcoming, uh, great place with great sound and a tremendous history of amazing artists that have that have played there. So it's a special place. And and honestly, the fact that they're still hanging on after all these years, especially after the COVID time, yeah, is totally. a great, great thing. And people should really, really support that room because when it's gone, those rooms are gone. I mean, they're they're hard to keep them going as it is, but they they are very special uh, staff and and a, and a great place to see music because it sounds great in there and it's it sure it's does. it's comfortable and easy and intimate. And you personally played there a number of times, right? I have. The, yeah, I imagine that like is maybe my sixth time or something like that. Like I, I don't remember because, but it always it always was. That's one of those places. Like if you we were playing there, it always made me think something must be going well. It was sort of the dream was to play rooms like that. So I don't take it for granted. They are an important part of American music. You know, it's that place for people to play songs. The Bluebird in Nashville being another one, a famous one. Yeah, so, I was going to yeah. bring that up later. But that's, I mean, the, the fact yeah. that you played there, and it's a, quite a testament too that you played there. Like you said, it's it's almost like a, hey, something must be go, going right. Yeah. If, if you know, you, you, booked in these places. You never notice it. Like the the... When I was started out, I thought, "Oh, that's the dream." You know, if, you, mm -hmm. if you're playing there, that guy's life must be amazing. But it doesn't really work out like that. You just kind of find yourself there, and it's it's a step along the way. And little by little, you look up, and you're you know you're you're able to play those places or find your way into them. So, it yeah, like but a it's song in yeah. there. Like I can already hear the song that you're going to write about what it means to play in those things. <laughs> polished feel to it, and then you get there, and you're like, "Oh wait, that just happened." Yeah, that happens a lot. Like, you know, you, you look up and it, it's you're in the middle of it and it's too late to mm -hmm. dissect it as an experience. You're just sort of doing it. So, But no, yeah, I'm sure that song, if it hasn't been written, somebody will. <laughs> you're, you're a working musician. Can you, yeah, what is that when sure. people, when you, what does that mean to you when you uh, hear that phrase? Well, in, in a very real way, it's, it's my, it's my living. I, I perform for a living. I make up songs. It's really simple, actually. Like I've, I make up songs, and you go out, and you have these little audiences around the country. I have little pockets around the country where I can draw a little audience and, and you know, continue to do this. And I make records from time to time. You know, I've always worked. I started in bars, playing, you know, everywhere. And I've, I've never, I've only been really in one or two bands in my life. And one of them I continue to play with, with my brother, Chris. Uh, but mostly the desperado man the desperados yeah and that's a great thing but you know that's that's uh, mostly i'm out there with like wooden guitar playing in all sorts of situations uh, really anywhere they'll have me yeah <laughs> um one thing we like to do is start from the beginning so sure. um like george had shared a little bit of the story so you grew up in rye new york that's right but you actually don't really become much and i don't mean this any other way other than just what i read like you didn't become much of a performer songwriter until college is that correct i didn't get a guitar until this the summer i was heading off to northeastern university in boston really? That's my um point. yeah i didn't my brothers i had older brothers they were both in bands one one was out in los angeles and really in you know doing doing that whole thing you know uh i sort of came to it late because i i've always played this kind of music too and it wasn't really fashionable when i was in the late 1980s it was a uh, you know, the days of hair metal and flock of seagulls. And yeah, so I, up and blah, blah, blah. yeah, exactly. So I, I, I came to it kind of late, but it, when it, when I, when it started, it, it happened fast. I, it, I took to it right away and I started playing, uh, 
for money almost right away in that first year. And I was thrown out of that, that university. I ended up heading south. But because all I did was play guitar for a year, uh, you know, just I didn't go to class. Like we, like, we like your new hobby, but could you? Yeah, but to me, it was it, it, it was all consuming. You know, it, it, it opened up a lot of doors in it, and it, um, it just became something that was too big to ignore. I, I was going to do it anyway, I always say. Like, you, you either cut yourself from the team, or you end up doing it. I was going to do it anyway, so mm -hmm. that's how did it ended up. Did you teach yourself then? Like how, I did, 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 yeah. Did you play music wow. before? Or? Ability to kind of fake it. And which I still feel like they're going to find me out as a guitar player. I, I, I really don't. When I work with other musicians, I don't know how to explain like what I'm doing in any technical terms. I say things like "play like it's raining" and I'm and and oh, late for awesome, you know down the highway or that's something. That's a genuine artist. Like you're painting something with your guitar instead of like being trained to make a certain thing. I think that's beautiful. And it's in a good way. I think it was a lucky thing because you kind of invent your own way of doing it. That. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, you you find your own voice when you're not chasing the right way to do something. You know, sure. you kind of invent it from nothing, and that's kind of what happened to me. I would that's look at other people playing and try to figure it out. And I'd end up with my own weird way of doing it. But sure. I, I generally still, I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, it's all <laughs> well, made. It's all completely made up. You know. And this was my my this was the one question I wanted to make sure I asked, and I I just think this was great. All through that night, you would say, "Here's a song I made up." <laughs> and instead of you didn't write it, you made it up. And it's like, yeah. it has this wonderful, like, childlike aspect to it. But also, like, it, it's it's reminding you that you're grounded in, at the end of the day, this is like a creative venture. Like, that's obviously an intentional decision you made to, to refer to it as I made up this song. Right. Uh, it's... It, because I don't know what I'm doing, essentially, it it, it's, it strikes me that it is slightly I'm I'm sort of inventing something from nothing, but it's I don't know that it it I don't know if it's what it is really. If sure. it's and I'm not sure it's a professional way of doing it. I think I'm always feel that sense that someone's going to find me out and be like, "You don't know what you're doing, man. Get them," you know, uh, because because I don't. You know, it's just it's generally singing along to some chords and then finding your way through that little maze. So it feels made up. My mother who's still with us. Uh, she's a very funny lady, but she really dislikes when I say that I made up the song. She's like, you're a songwriter. You should say that. And I'm like, eh, that's not, you know, <laughs> but I you made it up. with yeah. her, don't you? Aren't you, isn't well, no, I, as well? Well, my mother is a great singer, a great okay. singer. She's a wonderful singer. So she, there is a thing where she sang on one of my records at the tail end of it, a acapella thing that people really enjoyed. Um, I wish I had more recordings of my mom. She's a wonderful singer. That's awesome. So I guess revisiting back to your story. So after or during college, you go to Florida, you're right? And um, you're 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 getting a degree down there, and you have like a first steady gig down there at a biker bar in Butler Beach. That's right. Uh, going to Florida, I I seen guys with, uh, sitting on stools playing, you know, Van Morrison songs and stuff in bars, and that seemed like well, what a great thing. So just getting down there was while I was still like under the guise of going to college, it was a, it was a way to, um, to get that happening. And yeah, I ended up in North Florida in St. Augustine, Florida, which is near Jacksonville. And there was some beautiful dicey, place. beautiful place. Uh, and I, I ran into a room called the Milltop Tavern, which is at the time was very much like a version of Godfrey Daniels who had, it had national acts coming every once in a while, oh, but nice. a series of great songwriters that would play there. And I would, I learned a lot, you know, about making up your own. Once I figured out, like, making up your own songs seemed like a, a better idea than just playing the same 
uh, classic songs for money. I did both for a while, but I, I was seduced by the songwriters that came through the mill top. And uh, it was a great, great time to be there and a great, great experience for me. You were talking about this before where it's like suddenly you realize you're in the moment and you're like, oh, wait, I wasn't ready. And right, yeah. I'm forgetting to either appreciate it or, you know, somehow kind of identify it. And it's something that actually is I'm always looking for that moment. Um, and, and I've heard someone else talk about it and they call about they, they called it a pure moment. And art can bring out these pure moments right. where time stops. And music does it for me more than anything else. And yeah. I think that's something that's beautiful about all this too. And again, it can be someone who's at the corner bar, you know, with a acoustic guitar, you know, slinging a song about some person. And then it can also be, you know, something where it's rock and roll or rap music or whatever. Like it's all out there. And it, it just mm -hmm. is these moments that reminds you to slow down, appreciate things and, and what. And I think your music does it quite often. It happened that night at Godfrey Daniels for sure. Oh, thanks, because that's the goal, really. I want the room to kind of clear away for the listener mm -hmm. and feel what I'm feeling at times. You know, and it, it's work, it takes a little work to get there for the listener and for the player, you know, for, for all of it. But when you find that spot, it's the great songwriter Livingston Taylor, uh, who, who he said a great thing. Um, he's a great teacher. And he said that, you know, when, when you have to be ready when called for that moment. So the trick oh, is yeah, to, yeah. to, 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 to get as good as you can at what you do. Mm -hmm. So you feel confident enough to be there and then let yourself forget everything and just yep. go into it without any worry about what it looks like or, or, or anything, just do it, you know? And mm -hmm. that's when those good moments happen. I've had those moments in packed loud bars and on big stages and in tiny little coffee houses. Like it can come at any time. It's really just the, when the room. And it could be a song you played six or seven times in the month and it didn't happen and then one time it just yeah. does it's something in and i feel it too it's also that whether the audience is ready like it, you know what i love about those moments is you might have heard murmuring until that moment and no one's talking or someone was coughing all night and suddenly they're not coughing anymore right. it's just these really cool dead silent moments where time has just kind of halted well, yeah to that point yeah. or do you um like you said you play in a crowded bar or a godfrey daniels where the, the crowd is generally quiet until there's applause do you do you enjoy one or the other or do you kind of yeah these days after all these years and and i'm sorry to cut you off i just it's right. I've, I've stopped playing in those bars because the experience it's it's a lot it's it's a lot of muscle it's a it's a sports ethic you have to have yeah. and I've, I've done it i've done it and i did it really well for a long time but as my audience has kind of grown into my songs, that audience tends to, you know, house concerts and those kind of smaller venues and those situations, there's a lot more uh, space and silence because they're ready to kind of receive it. And so it allows for a, a, a more, a finer experience kind of when you're, you know, putting songs out there. So I, I you could, you know, I still love a good rowdy night, but, um, I think I'm. I think in the end, my songs sit best in rooms like Godfrey Daniels. That's mm -hmm. where they. That's kind of where they go. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, I still have. <laughs> we can go to the funhouse right next door. Yeah, I still have a lot of weird habits. It's just like when I'm when I'm doing the singing and playing part, I yeah. like the moments where there's some there's some air and some breath and some silence in the yeah. room. Sometimes, you know, that's a nice. So that's thing. probably good to talk about. So uh, you mentioned Bluebird in Tennessee. I wanted to bring that up. How that was, and then I also sure. saw you played St. Anne's Chapel in Vatican City. That's right. Yeah, that was that's a strange. Awesome. 
yeah, that was an interesting thing that, that, um, you know, you find yourself in these places and the, you know, the good news is if you're willing to stick it out, like singing and playing will take you there. You know, if you, if you, if you defend it long enough, you might find yourself in those interesting places. The bluebird was one of those things, like you always heard about it and it's an overwhelmingly like important thing. You know, it has this huge history and careers are made there and all that stuff, but I never cared about that part. I wanted to do it. I, I always want to be around those people. They're kind of my, my, you know, songwriters are my, my tribal people. Yep. And when I first got to see the bluebird, like a lot of people, I was stunned, you know, it's in a, a, a strip mall and it's tiny. I mean, it, 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 the legend is so huge, but you never know who's in the room. Mm -hmm. um, I, I first went there on a Sunday night, writer's night. Tracy Lawrence, the great country star, was, was in the room at a baseball cap, and he asked me for a record after I played a song of mine called Bottom of the Bottle. But I was too busy talking to a pretty girl, and uh, he, le he left. And the bartender, I asked for a beer, and the bartender said, no, man, I'm not giving you a beer. I was like, what, what did I do? And he's like, because Tracy Lawrence asked you for a record and he just left. So you're, you're an idiot. And I ran, I chased him out into that little parking lot and I knocked on a little window to give him the record. And he went, no, nah, man, I'm good. And it was a real lesson. He was like, no, nah. like, and I went back inside the bartender's like, you're an idiot. And I thought that's Nashville. Like I got a real lesson in like what it, what sure. it means to be there, you know? Some of the awards you've won, I didn't know if you wanted to like, I mean, uh, you're a very humble guy, so you're probably... You know. So those things were great ways to meet other songwriters and, and mm -hmm. you know, have that little pat on the back and it made you think, I'm not crazy. I could I should keep doing this. You know, it was just a, a little signpost each time. Like your 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 songs aren't, you know, somebody likes them. You know, that right. those so those little things have been little confidence builders and, and, and great things in there. And when I get a little drunk I brag about it all the time. So. <laughs> and uh, I didn't get to the bottom of uh, nineteen eighty nine employee of the month at the Crab Shanty That's in right. Maranek, New York. That's right. <laughs> On your website, I laughed. I, <laughs> I, I was a uh, I was a waiter in the late '80s at this place, and it was outside of New York City. And I was so bad at it; I was like the worst waiter of all time. Um, and before the days of uh, computers, where they everything went into the computer, and you could, it was I would just make up prices for people, and I'd get grossly <laughs> over tipped, you know. And they they just thought I was funny. I don't know how I got away with any of that, but that was the last real like job I felt like I had. It was soon after that I, I there was no I wasn't gonna do that anymore because I, I was so bad at it. Yeah, that's it. That's mine. That's the big one. <laughs> and that night at Godfrey Downs, you played that song. Um, this alone will set you free. Correct? Like that's a newer one. That's as right. Well, right. Yeah, I wrote I wrote that one recently. Yeah. Yeah. And so is that what you were gonna play for us tonight? Yeah, I can do that. Awesome. And you, want you know. Should we, uh, yeah, we're going to jump out of the room. We'll come back in. Yeah, we'll, we'll let the audience focus on you. And if you want to intro it at all and, and sure. uh, whatever you want to do. Uh, well, yeah, so I made up this song sort of, it had started the, the phrase that alone would, will set you free. I'd had that in my head for about five years, but um, I sort of made it up during the, the, the downtime that the world was going through to kind of uh, give myself some, some, some good advice. As I went walking the great highway in the rain Into a wilderness carrying all my trouble and pain A prisoner of the darkness of my mind Another wonder on the borderline 
After 40 days, I met a pilgrim of spirit. He said, you can chase the truth, but you're probably standing near it. Forgive yourself and in your own heart be light. And that alone will set you free. And that alone will set you free. That alone will set you free. It'll pick you up. It'll point you home. And that alone will set you free. Free to heal the pain that's descended on your life. From once you came, both in darkness and in light. The help you seek is in the words upon the shelf In the book that says, have mercy on yourself Cause that alone will set you free And that alone will set you free It'll pick you up, it'll point you home that alone will set you free. See, there is no person, no politician, no preacher man can give to you the thing that you already have. So you carry with you a map to the divine where the horned owl sings to ease your troubled mind. That alone will set you free, and that alone will set you free. It'll pick you up, it'll point you home. That alone will set you free. It'll pick you up. <laughs> and honestly that that is one where no, that straight, night i you. thought that really created that that pure moment like it has such a spirit to that song i, I can't wait till it's out there to either you know either download or whatever because i it just it's a special song thank it's you what, that means a lot what i like about godfrey daniels too is that you're kind of forced in a good way to really focus on you know what you're saying and you're not distracted by whatever might be going on in, in, a, in another type of bar. So it's nice to, because like, I heard that the first time when you played, and to hear it again, you know, kind of reliving that first time. It's, it's nice to hear it that way. Thank you. Yeah, it's it's meant to quiet the room. It's meant to kind of quiet me, you know, when it's happening. It it, it It's a little bit of a palate clearer, you know. It's, it's sort of meant to slow things down for a second. Everybody just cool out. And I'm... Uh, um, you know, it sounds like an advice, but it's really advice to to me. 
you know, when I wrote it. So it's, um, the lyric it's, it's, that it's I, useful. It's yeah, useful the lyric song. that just it blew me away was when you said that you can chase the truth, but it's probably standing near, you're probably standing near it. I just think right. that's such a great, like, I don't know, it was a very wise lesson to teach people. I get, you know, it's like, again, I'm, I'm was probably in figuring it out myself. And that's how those songs get made up like that, those lines. Cause yeah, I mean, I think, I think everybody goes through that where, you know, we're looking for something and it's, it's probably right in front of you. That was MDB, Mark Douglas Barardo right there. Incredibly talented songwriter and performer and an even nicer guy. If you ever get a chance to catch him perform, I highly, highly recommend it. You can take advantage of that. Um, now on to the five guys from Alabama that make up one of the hottest up-and-coming bands. They actually took time during their recent tour on a night off to spend it with us and share their story. I had seen them in, a, in concert the week prior uh, at the nearby Phantom Power in Millersville, PA. Uh, and here are excerpts from our interview with Carver Commodore. Phil, you're so excited to talk to your favorite band. Uh, and listen, it's going to be everybody's favorite band. So you just tonight. drove to to Millersville from Bethlehem to catch them. I mean, that's Correct. not that's not a short drive. No, no. Um, listen, but they are worth it. I'm going to tell you that. Before I play the video, I just want to give the bio. We had a, a one sentence bio until about three minutes ago. <laughs> right. I'll give you the first so bio, the and thing. then now we'll go to the right bio. The first bio was: We are a rock and roll band from Alabama. Which I kind of enjoyed. It gave I them really some that too. mystique, but it's still with it. So. Carver Commodore is an alternative rock band from Florence, Alabama, comprised of guitarist and vocalist Peyton Pruitt, guitarist Philip Blevins, drummer Noah Freeman, multi-instrumentalist Clayton Christopher, and bassist David Smith. Welcome, Carver Commodore from Chicago. Welcome. Hey yeah. What's up, y'all? What's going on? Yeah. Yeah, on you location got... from Chicago, currently touring, played last night. This is a what would have been an off night for you guys, and you were so committed to this. Thank you so much for spending time with us tonight. Yeah, yeah, happy guys. Thanks for having <laughs> so, but we joked around like you, you, we said you had a one sentence bio, which was kind of fun. Um, I want to learn more. Um, well, that probably even that's a good transition. So, like, it's probably a cool story for people to listen to. In that, uh, Peyton, you and Philip were part of a band called The Bear and the Bride. Yeah, and that was more of a acoustic style band. It wasn't very rock, right? Right. It was kind of the, uh, we were trying to be like Mumford and Sons, sure. head in the heart, everything that was popular in like 2012, the 13, or whatever. Yeah. The blank and the blank. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. Actually, that is very true. You're following the whole formula right there. Yeah. Phil, I get to ask the question, where where does the name come from? Which one? Carver Commodore. Where, okay. where, does, where oh, yeah. does the band name come from? Yeah, uh, so Carver Commodore was my great, great uncle's name, I think, um, on my dad's side. He was around in like the 50s. I didn't really know, obviously, but um, I'd always heard growing up that my dad wanted to name me that, but my mom wouldn't let him because she thought it was bad luck. So I never really thought to ask why. And then when we were starting this band and looking for a band name, 
they finally told me like the story. He was like out in his backyard one day, saw this orb of light come down, said that this orb of light told him that he was going to die. And then, so he went and got all his stuff in order, all his affairs sorted out or whatever. And then three days later, he was hit by a car and died. So that's where the bad luck thing came from. Yeah. Uh, and that's out there on a website somewhere. Wow. I was like, oh, that's crazy. And I was like, is that? And then also I wanted to ask, is that where, like, the, is that any inspiration for the opening of that Paul Bear? Yes. Yeah. 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 Uh, what a great honor to that, like, yes. history yeah. of the family. Like, that's terrific. So we've tried to carry the orb, like. Yeah, we had that orb. Like, yeah, it's we have an orb on the first EP. It was like yeah. an orb wow. on the, the first record. There's like an orb in the corner. Yeah. And this one. Kind we, of like the sun. It's kind of like the sun, yeah. but also like the Carver Commodore with the. And that's the, that was the other thing I wanted to ask about. So you actually have a song called Carver yeah. Commodore. Mm-hmm. Our first record. Yeah. And anything behind that? Is it a like that song? Because it, it is always interesting to have a song titled after the band. That's not always common. Yeah. So is yeah. there any story behind that? Um, I mean, not really more than just telling the story of the, uh, you know, behind the name. But it ended up fitting pretty well with the concept for the first record, which like I said, is about like seizing the moment and going out and doing what you feel like you need to do and you know, that kind of thing. So it fit really well with that. So, you know, that, that just happened to be the case. That's kind of the vibe that we're going for is just not taking ourselves too seriously, not, you know, being the band is too cool to actually have fun. Yeah. <laughs> and if we take it a little bit back to, so you wrote this song uh, during the Bear and the Bride called Stars and Galaxies. Yeah. And it sounded different, obviously. Then oh, that yeah. band dissipates and you form Carver Commodore and you carry that song over and you turn it more into what your sound is. Mm-hmm. And now you're involving, you know, Clayton and Noah and so on. And it's like, it turns into something else entirely. Yeah. That's and, and, that, and that was like the, that, like, if there's any song that people have heard who aren't familiar with this, it might be because of that Spotify playlist at once upon a time. Cause like we said, you have over 1.5 million listens on that one song. Yeah. That one, um, kind of took off in a weird way after like a year or so after we released it, it just got on like a discover weekly playlist and started racking up the streams. And then, I don't know. I guess it's still on those kind of playlists. Yeah. It definitely is still building for sure. Is that something where you check it like the one day and you're at 70,000 plays and then you look back, you're like, holy shit, we're at 100,000? You're watching that just go up? Literally. Yeah, it happened. I thought it was a mistake. (laughs) 10,000 plays on one day. You're like, call Spotify. They messed up. Yeah. Yeah. Because it took a while. After that initial EP came out, like yeah. it was a few months later where it kind of just skyrocketed yeah. down. Quick question. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Somebody on screen. Um, I don't know if you know this guy or not. S- Samuel Isaac Hewitt. He, uh, there you go. He's he in asked, the Bear video. Yeah. yeah. All right. He said, what song for the new album seems to be connecting the most on this tour so far? I think it's Search for Meaning. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. But I could be wrong. Yeah, is, that, what, is there like a correct answer or is it? Yeah, there's not really. Yeah. I will say that night, the song that crushed the most was Queens. Oh, wow. Sweet. That's awesome. Look at interesting. That. That's, that's weird. Just Honestly, awesome. And I don't even think you were going to play it because I think someone said, let's play Queens. And I think Peyton was like, really? Come on. Yeah. <laughs> we, yeah, we, we were feel... just having that debate before 
Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. It never feels. I want to know what it feels like out there because when we're playing the on stage, it is so dry. Yeah. It, it feels never weird. Feels right. But yeah. as an audience member, maybe it's a completely different thing. And that's no, just that song absolutely song. killed it. Totally. Yeah. 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 Thank, thank you. Thank you. I, I really thought that Misty Eyes has been connecting really well, honestly. Yeah. Um, and then the search for meaning, I think, mm -hmm. as well. But Misty Eyes, once we hit that chorus, it seems like everybody starts kind of like bobbing their heads yeah. at the same time, yep. which is really satisfying. Yeah. So we have another question from the audience. Um, what's your, what is your favorite song to perform live? Which I'm guessing is gonna be different by performer. That's our best year. Everybody. Tara. Yeah. Tara. She was at the Millersville show. Yeah. yeah. She was, she was oh, cool. There you go. Um, Let's man, start. It yeah. changes. It yeah. changes so often. Go down the line. Yeah. Let's just, so, right, off the sorry. top of your head. Uh, black plastic. Mm. Nice. That's still my favorite. Yeah. Right now, choose. I mean, uh, keep doing that. The search for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I would also say the search for meaning right now as well. Yeah, same for me. Uh, also, really like active aggression, like now in lives. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd say Black Plastic uh, off the new record, probably Misty Eyes. Mm -hmm. Actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna take that back. I'm gonna say Runner Up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Runner Up. That one's been fun. Yeah. So is Referee. Referee's yeah, referee. 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 Yeah. Like referee is that opening number that is you know Welcome to the Modern World, which is the yeah, name yeah. of the album, is the chorus. And it's just, that's a great opening song. Like, yes. it just is super cool. Yeah. Thank, you. Thank you. I wrote that specifically to be like an opening song. I was like, we need an opener here. One more from Twitch. I'm oh, just wow. excited I have a comment Twitch on Twitch. In. It's exciting. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, Mama Pizza asks if she's wow. never heard of any of your songs before, what song do you suggest she start with? I was question. just thinking about this today, actually. Mm. I would say you got to listen to two. It's got to be Misty Eyes and Black Plastic. I feel like that's a good range and variety of what we can bring to the table. Absolutely. Yeah, I'd agree. That sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. All right, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> and I think what I guess I would hope listeners are, are catching on to is we've probably named about five songs off the new album. We've touched on maybe two or three from the first one, but we haven't even really gotten to it yet. And that's where we're at is 2000 and... Uh, in uh, 19 you released tell me what you uh, want and how, what's the what's the reception there how is that how's that received what does that do to change things for you guys the day that we released that we were actually in chicago and we did like a audio tree session and then taco bell yep. beat the beat or whatever that's when they announced our stuff so we're on like taco bell's instagram and stuff and that was awesome yeah and then we uh yeah. had some really good fried chicken that night so it was a great day <laughs> So, did I see that in that time frame you also became like a Cedar Creek artist in residence? Oh, yeah, Cedar 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 yeah. At like the theme parks? Past summer. Yeah. yeah. In June. Yeah. yeah. We, we booked that during COVID because we were like, we yeah. just can't we gotta play. Now, yeah. But worse yet, it was, if I understood it right, it was like playing 30 minutes five times a day or something like that, which is just yeah. like not yeah. enough to get going, but. Yeah. You know, I'm sure. I just think about that. Like, if people went to like Cedar Creek and all of a sudden they're hearing this band, and it was just like, 
Wait, that's actually, why are they here? Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. really awesome. There was a, and it was funny it was... because we were like in front of a restaurant, so there were tables in front of us, and people were trying to eat lunch, and like they so were balling up napkins and sticking them in their ears, <laughs> and, uh, and like giving us dirty looks, giving us dirty yeah. looks, and... which made us even play even louder. Because yeah. I was gonna say that probably inspired you to be like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's where you'll drop you pathetic again for like yeah, 30 straight minutes. That's exactly what happened. <laughs> On that song, so I love that song because there's a version of me that absolutely loves the um we're going to I think I included it on tweets like you have this stuff that you can dance to and then you have this other stuff you want to run through a brick wall to. Yeah. <laughs> um and then I threw on Spotify one day and I was just like threw it on and there was this other version I wasn't even aware of that sounded like a 1960s beatnik poetry like jazzy version and i was like wait that one's great too <laughs> so you do you have these alternative versions of thing like black plastic has a game boy version like you have yeah. like really again like you're you're not taking yourself too seriously you've got these other versions of stuff that are just equally as awesome too yeah thank you, thank you. But in this moment, so I don't know if you would mind doing like a like one song now and maybe one in a little bit later, because um, I thought this would be a good time to talk about the song better. Um, yeah. It's the last track on that first album. I absolutely love it. It's one of these things I was sharing with you guys that um, uh, it's one of these things. That, uh, it's a pursuit of mine to find these pure moments of uh, a song that just kind of like makes everybody quiet. People stop coughing. People stop talking and they all pay attention to the art. And I think this song does it. Um, and I just thought it would be just a great opportunity for you to share maybe a little bit of story behind it and then kind of, uh, if you don't mind, performing it tonight. For sure, yeah. Uh, a friend of mine asked me to write a song for this like short film he was doing. And I was like, yeah, sure, I'll try it. You know, I've never done anything like that. Um, the theme of the story was that in the end, he was just trying to make his dad proud um, whether or not it's what he actually wanted to do. He just wanted to make his dad proud, which ended up being his downfall pretty much. So I wrote this song with that in mind and then kind of put a lot of myself in there as well. So sure. like any song, you know, that any songwriter writes, you can have this prompt that someone else gives you and you could be writing for whatever. Mm -hmm. And there's always going to be a part of yourself that ends up being in the song. So, um, yeah, that's what this was about. All right. So this song's called Better. I was just talking about it. Um, it's the last song from our first record. And it goes like this. I feel myself lost in the wild I'm doing my best to behave like a child the dad never taught me how to be satisfied just win the fight and live despite so I'll keep telling myself I'm fine I'm gonna get better I'm gonna grow bigger It just takes some time I Gotta keep letting myself believe That I'm 
gonna get better. I'm gonna get better. Actually, when it's live and uh, rocky, right. the drums kick in and everything yeah. kicks in. So I'm sure everyone's like, God, I just want to do it. Yeah. <laughs> but no, thank you so much for playing that. Um, like I said, it's it's an absolutely stunningly beautiful song. And I feel like um, this is my take on it. Obviously, art is one of those things where like you can do you can be the artist and then people can interpret it other ways. But to me, it's that moment where like you start realizing that your parents aren't perfect aren't immortal you know aren't you know maybe you were trying to do this thing for them and it's not what's best for you yeah. and but you're still this immature thing that isn't quite ready for those moments but you got to break away and you got to do it on your own and so on and so forth but anyway that's that's kind of yeah, what it was for me dude that's yeah that's, that is it man that's great that's so cool so you guys are you're in chicago now i'm assuming a hotel or something like that how, how has the tour been, you know, I'm sure it's been different for bands and other bands. Have you guys been having a good time? You did music fest back in August. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that was a blast. Yeah. Yeah. Are you guys, uh, are you continuing to write on the road? Is that difficult to do or is it? Yeah. I mean, when we're sound checking and stuff, I'll play a little riff or somebody will play a riff and we'll record it like with our voice memos or, I'll think right. of a line and jot it down in my notes on my phone. Um, I don't know. It's it's kind of weird. Every time that I like start writing the next album, um, it kind of has to be, we kind of have to get this one out of the way for a minute before I really start getting some stuff going. Cause we've, I've written like 10 or 12 songs since we recorded this batch of songs. So there's like some stuff forming and figuring out, but you know, we haven't really started the process yet and we really haven't ever written any of these albums together so i think we kind of want to try that too and if i could point to your youtube channel you have this pretty cool thing there's only like three instances of it but you have it's called behind the song yeah and you take the the you know the the viewer to like what you were just talking about like hey i recorded this on my phone and then here's garage band and here's these other things and it's like a really cool peek behind the process of just what all goes into it. Oh, thanks. Yeah. I, didn't, 
I'll stop doing those because I didn't think anybody cared about them. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's worth checking out if everybody wants to. And, and again, like if you're into the song and how it, it, it was created, uh, Black Plastic is in there too and, and such. So it's, it's kind of a cool peek behind that curtain. Yeah, we've got a lot of that for the new record that we're going to hopefully be putting together. Sometime yeah. soon, so. But so now that brings us to the recent release. So you, you release, uh, you know, Welcome to the Modern World, what, last month? Yeah. During the tour. And, and it's like we've talked about it a little bit, but, um, you know, uh, it, it's 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 a continuation of that same sound, but an evolution on it as well. Um, anything to, to kind of share as far as the reception so far or anything behind the creation? Reception. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's been so super far. nice. Everybody mm -hmm. seems to like it a lot, which makes us feel great. Yeah. yeah. Validated. Mm -hmm. um, sure. Yeah. It was cool to kind of see all these songs. I mean, I wrote like 20 songs to kind of choose from for this record. We chose 17, went to the studio, recorded those. So it was cool to see all those random songs come together and like understand that there is a theme throughout, like a I don't know. There's a theme that runs throughout every song, even though I didn't really realize that there would be. So that was a cool thing to see come together. Yeah. Um, sure. And spent the whole year making this record. You know, we'd go up to Nashville where we recorded um, a week at a time, pretty much, and just did it over six or so sessions. Mm -hmm. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. The song that jumps out to me recently, um, and it's not something you play live, but uh, it's currently my absolute favorite one is Take Time. Ah, so um, yeah, it's yeah. just got such a really, really cool uh, just vibe to it. Yeah, yeah. I always forget so about that fun. one until I do too. Listen it through, and I'm like, wow, I really like this song. Yeah, yeah. that uh, was a fun one to record. It was. Yeah. It, was really it sounds cool. like it. There's something different about that song that just sounds mm -hmm. like it was a unique recording, and um, it's one of those. Uh, uh, like, I think if I remember back to the '90s when I was listening to music. There was a lot of albums and songs where you would listen to it, and it wasn't until the third time you heard it that you were like in love with it and couldn't ever stop listening to it. I kind of wanted to make like a late '90s Cheryl Crow sounding song. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love Cheryl Crow. So, um, so there's a there's like a Stone Temple Pilots '90s sound to it for me. Yeah, yeah. Um, and <laughs> we also had a Smashing Pumpkins. That was like. There was, uh -huh. what's that one song? Of theirs? 1979. Yeah, that song was like, especially for the drum beat, was yeah. like a, a reference track. That's right, yeah. I wanted the drums to be the same the whole time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Change it a little bit because that was, a little bit. That was not a great idea. But, um, yeah. 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 Is there something you want to... Have you guys you wanna... had any, um, like, highlights on tour? You've been touring heavily, and mm -hmm. you have tours. I was brought up the, the list a couple times. You can find it on your website. You have a lot of dates throughout the end of the year. Where are some of your favorite places that you've hit? I mean, you you don't have to say Music Fest, but <laughs> yeah. what, what are some of the, the spots on your tour that you've really like had a good time at? Yeah. Um, Boston was a that was awesome Boston show. was amazing. Yeah. New, New York, York was York amazing. City. New York was yeah. great. Those were two like surprising shows. Those yeah. are probably like some of my highlights of, of this year. I mean, was it the people? Was it like what was it? Yes, yes. it was the people. It the was the bands playing. They were killer. Yeah, all those shows. the venues were great. I do think your sound will play very well in the Northeast. Yeah, yeah. we we think so too. We just need the the people to show up. You know? Yeah, and they did at those shows, which yeah. felt great. That's <laughs> right. Like, besides that, hometown shows have been huge. Yeah. I'm sure um, it's great. Which we just hometown Nashville. Yeah, like, yeah. All the 
anywhere within Southeast. like a two to three hour radius of home, like, um, are always so much fun because we have so many awesome people that come who are very, very supportive and make an effort to be at all of those shows. People yeah. like Samuel and um, Kenzie, Bone. Kenzie Bone, whenever we're near, um, they come and yeah. they're just, they're just awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And they're the reason like we, we love having those relationships with those kinds of people too, because, uh, you know, we love seeing them at shows. Um, it's like, we're all kind of, growing together family reunions that's so cool that is so cool is there something you want to play off the new album yeah i'll uh play the search for meaning i think nice that seemed to be everybody's uh like favorite song to play yeah we're we're gonna get out of here again cool so this song is uh called the search for meaning it is about how everybody thinks that they know everything but none of us really know anything. How are you okay with 
So many comments in the comments, I couldn't keep up. Yeah. That's great. Uh -oh. They're loving it. Yeah, a lot, a lot of good support out there from the the various platforms. I love it. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Love we it. really believe in this record, and um, we want it. Like I said earlier, we want it to go as far and wide as it possibly can. Definitely. Yeah, and it should. Thanks. Thank yeah. yeah, and we hope that uh, you guys head back up this way. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, we'll yeah. do that for sure. Thanks again to Peyton, Philip, Noah, Clayton, and David, the members of Carver Commodore, not only for taking the time to spend with us during their recent tour for that interview, but a whole bunch more. They also participated in our, our Holiday Spectacular, where they gave us access to their amazing Christmas Commodore recording. But also Philip Blevins, the lead guitarist, uh, joined us uh, live to chat before and after that portion of the show that was theirs. Um, and also, uh, I mentioned this, you know, in the notes and, and at the end, but I def definitely wanted to take a moment to thank them. Um, a lot of the music you're hearing, all the riffs that we use to transition from these intros into uh, the actual recordings of the interviews are all from their songs. Uh, and a good bit of the opening show uh, music is, is all of theirs. And so really appreciate the opportunity to use that. I think it sounds really great the way it was all edited together. So um, that's terrific. Also wanted to take one quick moment to highly recommend you check out these uh, recorded video interviews on either YouTube or Facebook. Um, they really have, you're hearing about half of the content, um, but there are certain portions that are really going to be needing the video. And especially with Carver Commodore, there was some great moments where we talked about Music Fest and we had uh, video that we had captured during their set. Um, especially their show closing, uh, and it was just great to hear them talk about it, and you really, there's other parts too where you're learning a little bit more about some of the, the history behind their songwriting and so on and so forth. Not just Carver, but all of these have moments where uh, there's some really, really great stuff that happens, uh, and it's really just uh, kind of lends itself to the video recording. So definitely check those out on the YouTube channel. Uh, subscribe so that you can see them live. We do these the first Tuesday of every month. Um, so hopefully you'll join us for those or at least catch the, the, the recordings, um, and I think you'll really enjoy them. So um, without further ado, let's move on to our last interview for this episode with the hometown headliners from here uh, in the Lehigh Valley and now based in Philadelphia, uh, the Groove Merchants. <laughs> Talking with a try and true uh, Lehigh Valley band. It's exciting. Yes. And, Hometown uh, headliner. We want to get right into it. So let's play some one of their more recent music videos from the Groove Merchant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My ship ain't never set sail I 
But to get to you, babe, I'd wear out these feet, walking all the way along the Appalachian Trail. Yeah, time to bring them in. All right, uh, welcome, the Groove Merchants. Welcome, thank great. you so much for joining us. Excellent, thank you for having us. Absolutely. So I have a band lineup here, but I think it differs from the, the current band I'm looking at. So would yeah. you guys be so kind as to introduce yourselves? Uh, for sure, for sure. We have uh, John Evan Groom III on the <laughs> on the bass. Uh, this is Bree Perry uh, on the background vocals. Luke Farrakhan on the uh, guitar right here. And uh, my name is Ty Malone on the, the lead vocals and uh, guitar as well. So we are... We're without uh, Peter Snyder on drums tonight, but he sends he sends his thoughts and spiritual guidance along. <laughs> Before yeah. we get into all your your background stuff, let's talk about uh, Turkey Jam. This was something that you came up with, or, or you worked really hard on. So, can you talk a little bit about where this came from? Um, yeah. So Luke and I kind of had the idea, actually, like probably like two years ago now, because you know we had COVID you know, in there, right. I mean, that kind of screwed everything up, but, um, Luke kind of, uh, you know, had the idea of another band that we're, would get, we're good friends with and follow. They, um, have some guys in there that play in a, in another band that uh, is from the Baltimore area that does kind of a Thanksgiving Eve show every year, uh, and have turned it into like kind of an annual thing that really draws an awesome crowd. And we were like, you know, we can definitely do something like that in, uh, in the Lehigh Valley. And we have so many great, friends who are musicians and comedians and artists and you know thanksgiving eve is such a, a, a great night because everybody wants to go out and have fun because they're all back home and you know steel stacks is it's you a know, joyous the, evening for sure yeah for <laughs> sure and you know what better place to do it than steel stacks which is you know yep. the citadel of arts and and music in in the lehigh valley so <laughs> we hit them up and we were like hey we have this idea and here's the the lineup we want to have and here's kind of our, um you know our vision and we you know, kind of corralled all the other bands and comedians and, and artists. And thankfully they were like, yes, we'll do this. And we haven't uh, done anything in a imagine while. if they were all just like, mm, dude, it's Thanksgiving. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, hopefully it, it goes well and they want to do it again next year. No, it actually is a phenomenal idea. And, and that night is definitely the night to go out. Like that's the night to just go out. You can sleep in the next day and still not kind of ruin your Thanksgiving. Well, um, even probably more so now, cause last year that night was like, don't go out. Right. Or like for sure. stay home. Yeah. And it's yeah. cool too, to mix it with music and comedy and you know, a host and all that kind of stuff. Too, I right? think that's going to make and it amazing. We were saying like, you know what, you know, okay. It's Thanksgiving Eve. Everybody wants to go out. You could go out and hear, you know, a party band play, some covers all night long. No offense. That's all good. <laughs> um, <laughs> is also an excellent vocalist in a, a party band herself. Yeah. But uh, we were like, you know, you could hear that or you could go celebrate local original art and music and create this kind of community around that and celebrate that, you know, when everybody's home for the holidays and, and you know, who give thanks to all of the amazing, um, you know, music and art and culture that we have um, in the Lehigh Valley where myself and Bree um, grew up and as a band we kind of got our our roots and but it's like <laughs> this kind of like you know everybody has your back sort of thing of like yeah there's this kind of network of people that are always you know su supporting one another which you don't always get in a local music community you know no I mean? you're right so we've been interviewing other bands and, and a lot of them are ones who performed at music fest but are from other parts of the country 
and they almost always are commenting about this wonderful energy of Bethlehem Lehigh Valley Music Fest, whatever, where it's like you guys all like each other, and <laughs> you know. Usually. The musicians all like each other. The people who are, are like the sound check people actually care. Like they actually really are always commenting about it. that's why they come back. That's why they drive eight hours to perform here is because yeah. it's a wonderful place to be. And so uh, there's something special that we have here that a lot of people just want a piece of. I think sometimes we as performers from there can take it for granted a little bit too. Like we've um, kind of had a, a experience like that with a, a good friend of ours. His name is Johnny Hayes. He brought us down to to Nashville to do a couple shows down there. And so we were like, we brought him over to the fun house um, during music fest, but he was kind of saying the same thing. Like, this is so great. And I think when you're from there, you just think like, Oh yeah, it's music fest again. You know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. just kind of grow up around it, but I think it's easy to forget how, like you said, from people who are out of town, yep. you know, how great of a, an, an experience it really is. Totally. Totally. So you, you're from the Lehigh Valley. Can we talk about that a little bit? Where did, uh, for the people that are from the Lehigh Valley, in this <laughs> where'd you grow up? How did you first initially get involved in music? I know that you, the band originates from Kutztown, but kind of where, how did you get to Kutztown? <laughs> well, first we crossed the seven layers of the candy cane forest. <laughs> Which is uh, yeah. uh, route 78 and 22. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, yeah, I'm from, um, I was born in Bethlehem, but then when I was um, very young, moved to Coopersburg. And so grew up um, in Coopersburg um, and uh, went to Southern High High School, was kind of involved in like, you know, a lot of music stuff there. And then went to Kutztown and uh, that's where I met uh, John Evan and, and Luke. And we kind of like um, formed there through various means. And then uh, thankfully that helped us create a, a pipeline of other um, could sound friends that we uh, one way or another have shoehorned into the band. Like uh, Peter, Snyder, <laughs> Peter Snyder on drums, who's not here right now, but he was a couple years behind us and Bree went to, to could sound as well. I'll actually let her give you her, her Lehigh Valley origins as yeah. well. Yeah. So <laughs> while they all went to could sound at their time, I'm younger. So, so sorry. In the before um, times. So I, so I grew up in like the Allentown area. I went to Parkland High School. I was really involved in that school. Um, and then I went to Kutztown for music. And I actually went to Kutztown at the same time that Peter Snyder did. How was it for you? Like, did when you first started out? Did you do a lot of Lehigh Valley gigging? Like, where were some of the places? Was it mostly in Kutztown, Reading? Uh, how were you when you first started out, like in 2012 or so? Kutztown Pub. That's right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, actually, it was the art gallery. So that our, was our first. Yeah. Was real our person. first two like <laughs> performances were in the the Eck House Art Gallery, and uh, yeah, like John Evans said, the the K Town Pub. Yeah. Yeah, we played we played at the K Town Pub twice in one month because back then I was like, this is a great business decision. This will never <laughs> this will never go wrong. <laughs> And during that time frame, um, you guys had, a, I, it, from my observing of, of attending some of your gigs, a little bit of an evolution where there was more of a, like, in addition to the core band, it was a little bit more of a horn-based, like, section, which now has turned into this organ. And that's why I loved what we played at the top, because it actually brought both together, where it just sounds like, sounds like you're going to church. I mean, like, it just sounds so good all together. Um, that Southern, like... 
keyboard kind of thing going with the horns. I don't know. It just sounds wonderful together. I feel like I've not seen that live because it used to be horns. Then it was organs. I would love it to be where it's all of that coming together. How do you guys feel about that? Yeah, it's awesome. I mean, the first time we really kind of put them both together was probably when we played at the Sellersville Theater this past July. That was a nine-piece band. So we had two horns, organ, two backup singers, and then the, the core quartet. And That's like, special to check out, man. Yeah, it was it was it was awesome. Um, because before that, like you said, it had either been just a horn section, like we had a standalone trumpet player that traveled with us for a while. Mm-hmm. Every now and then that would turn into like you know, three horns or two yes. horns. And then we got away from that and it was just keys, which is also awesome. Yes. Finally, we got crazy enough to like put them all together and thankfully it it sounded okay. And so that's what we're going <laughs> to bring to, uh, to Turkey Jam. Last year and a half sucked for everybody. Um, how was it for you in terms of, did you have to take a, like a touring hiatus? Did you focus more on writing? Like what, what did you do? Uh, I think admittingly the first month, was I was liking it. <laughs> I realized how burnt out you get and you're just yeah, playing right. all the time and you know that whole lifestyle can get 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 a bit much. So that was great. But then after the month I was totally done with it personally. Yeah. <laughs> and then um we did some like collaborative online video things and we did this live EP which kept us moving. Mm-hmm. Uh definitely so that was a definitely a big motivator to do that and get that done. And it's cool to see how it's parlayed into this stuff and it's gotten play on xpn which we're really grateful for oh that's awesome so we we kept moving but uh it was definitely slow and um but we organized things like that so that's definitely a silver lining yeah i think that helped because it gave us the time to because we didn't want to because a a lot of guys i know i sound like a faulkner novel uh english english majors from kutztown that are listening um a lot of people like really dug into and leaned into like the live streams and the Venmo tip jars and the, you know, stuff like that, which like we said, we kind of did, we did like one or two kind of like split screen videos, but you know, with us all not living in the same space, it's kind of hard. So we were like, okay, rather than devote our time and resources to that, let's devote it to, you know, creating this live, like the stuff for this live EP and then, rehearsing and getting the kind of full nine thank you and there was a question i wanted to ask and then you guys do this uh stank face friday i believe it is (laughs) 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 which which is fantastic um because there's obviously a lot of uh you know emotion and 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 just power that goes into these things that you know sometimes you're not making the prettiest of faces (laughs) yeah um (laughs) I like uh, Carlos. Carlos Santana was once talking about it, and he said, "That's when you're hitting that note the way you need to hit it. You're leaving Earth, and that's gravity <laughs> pulling you pulling you back." So, <laughs> that's the way I think about it. Yeah. or sometimes in Luke's case, they're getting the smelling salts going. But either way, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But what's even funny about that too is like uh, Slingshot Dakota does the same thing. So again, Bethlehem represents oh, yeah. Stank Face big time. It should be a coffee table book where we just like yeah. can flip through yeah. it and Pretty everyone's making it. all those faces. Should be like an inter- uh, <laughs> I would actually, read, I would actually I would look at that. that. I would read that. Oh, absolutely. I, th- I think we're onto something right there. How is that as a, a person who grew up in Bethlehem, you know, been around music fest, I'm assuming since you were a little kid, how does that feel to play on the real, real stage of Music Fest? Like that, that must have been pretty exciting. 
Yeah, it's rad, man. Uh, the thing since, you know, literally before you could walk, my mom's like right. carrying me around in the in the poker tents and stuff. <laughs> and so then to come back and play there. Like when we did, I think 2019, we played on the Levitt Pavilion stage for like mm -hmm. preview night. Yep, that's right. So I that, was there for that, yeah. That was, thank you. That was awesome. That was very surreal. So uh, it's cool because, again, I think you take for granted, like, the scope of that. I mean, it's the, it's the largest free music festival in North sure. America. You know what I mean? But when you grow up around there, and Bree probably agrees, you just think, like, oh, it's music fest again. You know what I mean? Because yeah. it's just – It's so an old hat. Like, so you do look at it through a different lens once you become – a working musician <laughs> during music fest you know what i mean because <laughs> it's it's the best time of year and also the most abysmal time of year at the same time <laughs> i want to talk a little bit more about the lehigh valley like we, we're fans of all the venues um where are some of your i don't want to leave anybody out of course we love them all but where are some of your favorite more favorite places to play or or some that you have some of the most favorite memories from i mean i think um we gotta give up to the the fun house absolutely that was actually probably the, after the we went through all the art galleries and and the the one of two bars in Kutztown. That was probably like the first like proper place that we played like outside of of Kutztown, like a like a proper like okay we're paying you to to play music for this time now. But yeah, the Fun House. I think we got a love to them. Also, also the Wooden Match. A couple places in in um, Allentown have been great. Like we were. I'm fortunate enough to play at the the Blues Brews and Barbecue Festival. I caught um, you guys there the, the one year. Probably yeah, awesome. Yeah. yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, so that that's been great. Um, Southside three thirteen um, on Third Street um, yep. in Bethlehem. We when we were uh, starting out, we we um, hit there up as well. Um, uh, and then uh, you know a lot of stuff at Steel Stacks, like on that little town square stage. Yep. You know, right outside the Arts Quest Center, we did. You know, we did a few of those, and uh, that's why, you know, it's finally awesome to now, you know, for Turkey Jam, finally be up in the Music Fest Cafe in that, you know, in their in their premiere, on their premiere stage. So, so yeah, it's cool. But, uh, yeah, favorite favorite memories? The, the first one that came to mind, do you remember the one where it's, it, we went in and it was fine and we left and it was snowing really bad and then we had to drive home? <laughs> yeah. Do you remember that? I do, yes. That's <laughs> We were at the Fun House. And uh, this was in the winter time of like 2016, okay. and uh, they were calling for snow. And uh, I was like, "Are we still gonna have the show?" And uh, it's the fun house, so they were like, "Of course, we're still <laughs> right. yeah. closing." 362 nights a year, live music so, for real. And so <laughs> then, literally, we go in and it's fine. And then we, you know, play the show until 2 a.m. And then we go outside to leave, and it's literally like at least a foot of snow. And I remember driving behind a tractor trailer on 78 because he was like packing down the snow like with the tires. Yeah. But Hey, for the love of the game, man. That's right. Well, <laughs> no, it's true. Like I, fun house is, is always a great sound there. Absolutely. That's why we love yeah. it. Cause it's the best basement in Bethlehem. <laughs> it's making me think playing these. They're awesome. And this eligible theater was awesome. And obviously arts quest and all these, are phenomenal and so grateful to be there. But when I think of the Lehigh Valley music scene and some of the best nights I've had, I feel like it's we're rolling up to the fun house, you know, and it's very kind of relaxed and it's just a regular gig. And then you mm -hmm. play it, and it's just like, yeah, not to be all like hokey pokey, but it is kind of magical. And then, you know, <laughs> guys were playing on the street come up and it's like one in the morning and you're playing like 
the wildest shit yeah. and everything. <laughs> yeah, a really cool yeah. environment. People come to awesome. sing, and, you know. Yeah. And I feel like for me, that's kind of like the crux of the was great Lehigh scene and for moments sure. like that. Yeah, because even right next door is Godfrey Daniels, which is like right. the quietest yeah. listening room, and it's got yeah. such history to it. And then the Funhouse doesn't yeah. even have a lock on the men's room bathroom door. Yeah, yeah. They they do do and they're literally they're right next to each other. It's a padlock. That's also cool too. That when we play the Funhouse, we always have to start later or oftentimes because there'd be a show next door, so you peek your head in there. Yeah, and so you oh, play yeah. it, yeah. check it out, yeah. and then. Go big, make a bunch of noise, and it's yeah. cool. Just but that's Lehigh Valley, man. We are fortunate enough to get you guys to play um, a little bit. Yeah, for it. sure. All right, we're gonna get out of here. So you, we're gonna give you guys a mic for a little bit. Awesome. So this is a uh, this is a new tune that we uh, are actually debuting right here on Lehigh Valley with Love. So thank you for having it. Well, we debuted it at at Bob Stock, but <laughs> we're debuting it again here. Shouts out! To, <laughs> shouts out to Bob. Um, so this is a tune called uh, Drown in Your Love. We hope uh, it sounds good. <laughs> hey. Baby, baby Something you should know more
Connection into submission. <laughs> that was fantastic. You that took, was great. You single-handedly took Comcast fantastic. down. <laughs> what? <laughs> so, um, well, well, we think that that is worthy of um, being played at Turkey Jam. That was fantastic. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank All right, Phil, let's say goodbye to everybody. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Lehigh Valley with Love Music. 
We once again thank our guests for this episode, Mark Douglas Berardo, MDB, Carver Commodore, and the Groove Merchants. Congrats to the winner for those Turkey Jam tickets. These are our links in our show notes for the band's websites, Spotify channels, YouTube channels, and all that. Please check them out and follow them on the socials. Subscribe to their content and make sure you check them out whenever they perform live in your area. Tune in next month where we interview We Banjo 3 in advance of their concert here in Bethlehem at the Steel Stacks and give away tickets to the show. And then we've got some other cool stuff planned for the month. Um, Lehigh Valley with Love is sponsored by Arts Quest. Michael Bernadin with Howard Schaefer and Associates Remax Realty, hashtag find Mike, and Molly's Irish Grill and Sports Pub. If anyone would like to sponsor our show, there are now opportunities to do that just for the music content or for the entire Lehigh Valley with Love Media Enterprise. Hit us up an email or DM us on any of the social media platforms. And if you're a musician and you want to be on the show, reach out as well. Once again, my deep and sincere gratitude to Carver Commodore, Argonaut, and Wasp, and Blair Cremens for the opportunity to use their music in the show open, transitions, and here at the close. Uh, it means so much to us, and thank you for that. Please subscribe to the show so you can get the alerts, uh, hear live broadcasts and, and the interviews as we continue to be, bring this to you the first Tuesday of each month. Uh, we've got some great artists scheduled for January and even February's setup, and there are some awesome things in the works for the spring, and as especially as we lead up to Music Fest 2022. Have a great start to the year and look forward to catching a live show together soon.